Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. Paul in Ephesians 1 has this amazing prayer. He says, I just pray and I keep on praying. And you know that when Paul says that, he means he keeps on praying. That God will give you a spirit of revelation that you may know him better, that you may not just know about him, but that you may take hold of him and recognize the extent to which he's taken hold of you and how secure your life is in him and how blessed your life is and the amazing purpose God has for your life. So my theme today is get determined and get wisdom. Sometimes a little wisdom can save your life. Great advert. Just for those who are listening or this thinking, what was that about? We just heard people shouting. It was an army recruitment advert. A well got taken over by the bad guys, and a little act of wisdom was needed to regain the well and to stay alive. The soldier calms things down by taking off his sunglasses and making eye contact. I have the privilege sometimes, not as much as I would like to, but sometimes to to travel all over the place to report on the persecuted church and on aid and development. Some years back, I traveled with Tear Fund to what was for me the worst place in the world, and that's Liberia. Has anybody been to Liberia? Okay, this is not a great advert for Liberia. I think things have changed a bit there, but it was in civil war at the time. The capital of Liberia was Monrovia, still is Monrovia. Monrovia was being looked after by um, an international group, a military group, that was keeping the peace. Not that there was much peace to keep. But the moment you went outside Monrovia, you were into the Badlands. You were into the Wild West. Anything could happen, and anything did happen. And there were all kinds of groups that called themselves guerrilla groups. We would just say they were bandits. They were armed to the teeth with anything they could lay their hands on. Cutlasses. Never seen cutlass outside of a pirate movie. Flintlock rifles. AK-47s, anything. Machetes, the lot. And to fuel them up, they were doped up. They were doped up on a toxic mix of narcotics and black magic. Not a good place to be. Tear Fund were doing an amazing work out there. And I was reporting on it. We went out over this bridge, away from the military presence, into these badlands. And we'd arrived, we turned up in a, a, the NGO standard, the Toyota Land Cruiser, which is a very valuable piece of real estate to have. And uh, somebody came rushing over to us and said, have you come to see the victim of the machete attack? Well, we didn't know about the machete attack. We'd come to do something completely different, but I'm a reporter. So 
they said, in that hut over there, there's Médecins Sans Frontières, and they're operating on the woman. The woman had had cassava. Anybody know what cassava is? It's a kind of a tuba. They use it to make tapioca, or you can eat it like a potato, I think. But anyway, it's a staple in much of Africa. And this poor woman had been growing cassava and been planning to go to Monrovia to sell it in the market. And one of these bandit groups turned up and came close to decapitating this poor lady. It's a bit feisty this morning. I'm sorry about that. But they came close to killing her. So Médecins Sans Frontières were operating on her. Now, I can't even watch Casualty. Okay, but put me behind a camera and you're just there with a the screen and you're operating the controls and you can get on with stuff. So I decided that I would go in and I would film. Now I was trying to set the camera up and they're doing this operation and I'm trying not to look too much at anything other than my camera. And our photographer came in and he said, we've got to go, the bandits are coming. And I thought, well, just give me, give, me, give me one minute. We haven't got a minute. Well, give me 30 seconds and give me enough to get one shot. So I'm filming, <clears throat> he comes back, they're coming, we've got to go. Okay, fine. So I went outside the hut with my camera in hand and this huge flatbed truck turned up, big green flatbed. On the back of the truck were all of these guys, bandanas, bristling with weapons, and on the top of the cab of the truck was this huge belt-fed machine gun. These were the bandits. They were well-armed. And, uh, and I have my camera, and there is my picture. I want that. <laughs> so I smiled and waved, as you might do. You know, it's, it's either drowning or begging permission. In this case, it was asking permission. Can I film you? No, they said. I thought, okay, that's all right. We won't, that's fine. So put the camera down, and they let us go. These were the same guys who did the terrible things to this lady in the hut. We did our work, and we were heading back into Monrovia in the evening. One road, bridge is over there. Before the bridge is this huge flatbed truck across the road, a roadblock. There's no machine gun on the roof, but it's the same flatbed truck, and the guys, the same guys, are standing in the road stopping us. What do you do? You ask God for wisdom as though your life depends on it. I'll tell you what I did later. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? I heard this one yesterday from a guy called Tony Fitzgerald. Knowledge tells you that tomato is a fruit. Who knows that tomato is actually a fruit? Okay? Some of you are looking at me like I'm mad. It is actually a fruit. But wisdom tells you not to put it in the fruit bowl. It's a difference between the two. We are reading currently on a reading plan, and we are on what is pretty much my favorite book of the Bible. I love the book of John, but I love Proverbs. And you know, out of all the books... Out of all the chapters in Proverbs, the chapter I love the most is today's. It's Proverbs 4. I think it's absolutely brilliant. What, what is your favorite book? Tell me, what's your favorite book? Do you like Proverbs? Who said Proverbs 2? I'll tell you guys Proverbs. Okay. I love it. I just think it's food and drink. I just love the book. 
I'm going to do a whistle-stop tour through the first four chapters of Proverbs. So if you want to crack open your Bible here, blow the dust off it. (laughs) I'm going to skip through, see if you can keep up. Proverbs 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring, laying hold of, a disciplined and prudent life, for doing what's right, just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is not terror. It's an incredible respect and honor and awe because he is breathtaking. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. Verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. I said it's going to be feisty today. Listen, you can't do calling aloud in a quiet voice, can you? I can't. Verse 23. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Verse 33. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. This stuff matters. This is the heart of God. This is a heart cry of God to humanity saying, Come on, people, listen to me, because I've got good things for you that you need to lay hold of with a passion. It's not silent, it's not hidden, it's cried out loud in the streets for you. Will you listen and live? Will you lay hold of it and live? There's passion in this writing, so I love it. Proverbs 2, my son. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. He wants to. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. Verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, verse 1, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. This is a matter of life and death. And they will bring you prosperity. This is also a matter of the quality of your life, not just the quantity of it, but the quality of it. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Place your weight decisively and absolutely lean to the point where if what you're leaning on disappears, you will fall over. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit them to him. 
hand them over to him. All of your ways, all of your ways declare his lordship. All of them. Your work, your health, your home, your heart, your hope, your ambition, your joy, your creativity, all of them. Everything. Just give it all to him and say, you're first in those things. All of those things, you're first. And he will make your path straight. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. This is about when God says no. And do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines you because he loves you. And actually the thing that you really, really wanted, that you thought was so good and so important to you, he knows better. And when you call him Lord, you're calling him master. So when he says no to you, just love him. Just say, okay, I'm hurting a bit here at the minute. But I trust you and I'm not going to kick up. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to throw my toys out of the pram because I'm not getting my way. Because you're disciplining me as a father, the son disciplines the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire. Well, we know we desire many things. And those desires are within us because it's desire but nothing 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 you desire is comparable with this it doesn't touch it it doesn't come close why is that because look with wisdom with the wisdom of god long life is held out to you it's in her right hand and in her left hand is the quality of your life it's riches it's honor It's purpose, it's dignity. Wow, nothing compares to that. And listen, her ways, wisdom's ways are pleasant ways. And all her paths are peace. Wisdom, she's a tree of life to those who embrace her. This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. And those who lay hold of her will be blessed. You get in the language of this. This is really active. We need to lay hold of these things. Let's go on to Proverbs 4. There's so much good stuff here. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother, He taught me, and he said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. 
Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace upon your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son, accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I will guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. What does wisdom do for you? It makes very clear to you that the path you thought looked wonderful is actually a road that leads to death. That's what wisdom does. It preserves, it protects your life. It does many more things than that, but it does that too. Verse 20, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body above all else. Finish it for me, folks. For it is the wellspring of life above all else else. Can you hear the passion of the language of this? You know, sometimes we read scripture, we read it with our eyes, we don't say it out loud, and the words just kind of fly by. But there's urgency in this. There's passion in this. Although it costs you everything you've got, get it. Lay hold of it. Take it to yourself. It's not about information. It just isn't. It's not about sitting and learning. It's about laying hold of something and living by it. It's about getting passionate about that. It's getting determined about that. It's about getting hold of wisdom. The language here is to call out. It's to cry aloud. It's to search for treasure. It's to be wholehearted. It's to trust wholeheartedly. It's to lay hold of it, though it costs everything you've got. Get wisdom. Well, maybe it would be useful if we understood what wisdom was. If we're going to get it with such a vigor and such a passion and such a determination, what is it we're laying hold of? What is it that we're being urged to take hold of here? What is wisdom? 1 Corinthians 1.24 tells us that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wisdom is a person. It's a person. Although Proverbs refers to wisdom as feminine, he's a person. He's Christ. Just apply what Solomon is saying to Jesus. Lay hold of him with all your heart because he promises you long life. He promises you honor. He promises to keep you safe. He promises everything to you. He is precious. He's more precious than rubies. He's more precious than anything. Nothing you desire compares to him. So lay hold of him with all of your heart because he's the one who poured out his heart to lay hold of you. He held nothing back for you. 
nothing back for you. He looked upon you and he said, that one, that's the pearl of great price. That one is priceless. That one is worth my sweating blood for. That one is worth the pain. You are the joy that was set before him so that he endured. He's laid hold of you with such a passion that it cost him everything he has. And he just says to you, lay hold of me the same way. Okay? Do you know something? You're not here to be saved. It's just the door. That's just the door. It's just where it starts. That's not God's end for you. That's God's beginning for you. You are here so that God can pour his fullness through you and make such a difference to this world that he loves. You are here to experience the Father's love for you to experience the wisdom of God in your life as you live out your life and work out your life so that you can be a blessing and a help and an encouragement to others. So that you can be the kindness of God to the person next to you. You're here for a purpose. You're people of destiny. Don't settle for salvation. You're hearing me correctly here. Don't settle for, thank you, God, I'm in. Well, you're in the door. Now come and live in the house. Welcome. Come on, it's all yours. It's all yours. And there's more than you could ever eat. There's more than you could ever own. So it's for you to give away. Who are you going to give it to? (laughs) There's so much. Don't just settle for the door. Listen, he's laid hold of you with such a passion. And he's telling you, lay hold of me with that like passion. Seek him wholeheartedly. Listen, he's there to be found. But the language that we've been hearing is about determination. If you want him, and if you want more of him in your life than you've had so far, get wholehearted. Get wisdom. Get the wisdom of God. Get Jesus. Lay hold of him. You know, we seek him wholeheartedly, never more so than when we're in trouble. Deuteronomy 4.29, if from a place of trouble you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. There's nothing polite about the language of Proverbs. I don't think there's much that's polite about God. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, we know it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will come to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Are you going through trouble at the minute? 
Is there a sense of captivity in your life? Is stuff not moving? Is stuff troubling you? Are you disappointed by something? Have you been let down? Seek God with all your heart. Don't just passively go, well, okay, sarah, sarah. Just get stuck in. Wrestle with God. He's there to be wrestled with. It's what he wants. Wisdom is Jesus, but when the Bible talks about wisdom, it doesn't just talk about Jesus. We need wisdom to live by. We need the wisdom of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a place where God reigns in this world and in my life and through my life. That's why you're here, for God to reign through you, for God to extend his love and his peace and his good governance, to reconcile others through you, to, to, to do what the Holy Spirit did at the beginning over the foundation of the world, to find the chaos and brood over it and bring order. That's why you're here. That's our destiny and purpose. So the kingdom is where God reigns in this world and in my life. And what does that look like? It's a place where love and beauty thrive where what is out of order comes back into order, where what is wrong is put right. It's a place where mercy triumphs over judgment. Why? Because God is love. God is love. He's also holy. It's a place where I'm known and loved and healed and restored. It's the place where I am made to be everything deep down inside me that I am called to be as I yield to the wisdom of God in my life, as I yield to the kingdom of God in my life. It's the kingdom ruling and reigning in and through my heart where God brings my life into order and brings order and harmony to others through my life. I want that. Do you want that? Get it then. Although it costs everything you've got, get it. Don't wait for it. Go get it. Lay hold of it. Make it your own. Jesus talks about the kingdom as being a pearl of great price. Well, we've touched on that. Listen, he talks about a merchant who finds this amazing pearl and sells everything he has. A merchant is probably, I'm guessing, a pearl trader because he recognizes quality when he sees it. And he gives up everything that he's spent his life, he's developed his expertise over. He knows a good pearl. He just says, the rest of them are just nothing compared with this. That is so expensive that actually I'm going to have to give up everything in order to get that. It's that activity, it's, it's that activeness, it's that saying everything else can just Go hang, because this is what I want. This is what I'm going for. This I'm having, because I know it's there for me. He talks about the kingdom as being a treasure that's hidden in a field. Somebody finds it. It's interesting, actually, because you think, you know, morally, actually should tell the guy whose field it is, however. Um, and he sells everything he's got to go buy the field. In Nigeria, northern Nigeria, 
I'm writing the biography of Nigerian Bishop, Archbishop Ben Koshi, who's a wonderful man of God at the moment. If you travel in northern Nigeria, it's a big country. It's the most populous country in Africa. It's very oil rich. The people are very poor. Why is that? It's called corruption. You travel north in Nigeria and you travel for hour upon hour and all you see is subsistence farming. In land that is rich, the soil is red but it's fertile and all you see are people walking with a little hoe and some hand tools growing enough to feed themselves because in some parts it's considered to be a shame to actually sell your produce. Okay, it's the cultural thing. I didn't see a single tractor in a huge country. All I saw were people with hoes scratching a living from land that could sustain them and half of Africa. But in northern Nigeria, it's rich in precious stones. Anybody seen the film Blood Diamond? The story in Liberia is set within that context of Blood Diamond, but it's, it's rich in precious stones. And they're not far from the surface. So if you know where to go to find those precious stones, you don't have to dig a mine. You just strip back the soil and you can get them. And they're scratching out a living with hand hose. My goodness me. Folks, this is a bit of a picture of the church. We are rich beyond measure, my word. But are we determined beyond measure? Because it's there, but you still have to go and get it. You know, when Joshua was called into the promised land, it's a land of milk and honey. Excellent. Now, I'm not, a, I, I, I'm not even a gardener, let alone a farmer. All I do is kill plants. I do that quite well, actually. A certain satisfaction. I just, for me, the, the best gardening tool would be an industrial strength flamethrower. I'd like one of those. I could kill a lot quickly like that. <laughs> it's a land flowing with milk and honey. What does that say to me? It says, blow, I've got to learn how to keep bees. Blow, I've got to learn how to keep cattle. Can I be bothered? Can I be bothered to get stung and kicked and get up in the morning and look after the cows? Whoa. It's all there for us. We have to lay hold of it. Now, the thing is, we lay hold of what God has shown us by revelation. So that's why I got everybody on their feet to begin with, to say, show me, Lord, please. Show me from your word what is there for me and I will lay hold of it. Are we willing to look? Are we willing to dig? We're still on what is wisdom. The Bible talks about righteousness, and there are two kinds of righteousness. There's a right standing before a holy God. God is Father who loves you. He's also 
holy in a way which if you saw it, you would react like Isaiah, who we would call a holy prophet, whose words were, I'm dead, I'm dead, I am unclean in the presence of a holy God. How are you going to stand before a holy God? How are you going to, what, what do we mean by holiness? God is love. How are you, me, all of us, going to stand before the one who is perfect love and have my selfishness made very obvious to me like an x-ray? All of the things that I took to myself when I should have given them to others and all of the good, all of the love that I had that I never got around to giving Sins of commission, sins of omission, in the light of perfect love. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's who he is. That's who he is. He is perfect love. And perfect love must have justice with it. It must. It isn't love if it doesn't put things right. How are we going to stand before a holy God? How are we going to stand before a loving Father when God first presents himself as judge? The answer is in the wisdom of God. It's in Christ. Jesus settled your debt with God. All the stuff you did wrong, he paid for. All the right stuff that you never did, he paid for. Not just then, but now. If each of us now stood before our holy God in the middle of our time of worship when all we're doing is focused on him, I still think we'd react like Isaiah. <gasps> so how do we do that? How is God going to do that? Lenny, could you come here a second, please? Yeah. He's going to do it because Jesus lived that perfect life. Forgive me, but just look at me as Jesus for a second. I know, I know. He lived that perfect life, okay? He did nothing wrong. He paid this man's debt in full and all of the coming debts, all of the coming debts, all of the falling shorts, forever and a day, he paid for in full. Yep. Douglas, would you mind just standing up where you are a second? That's the father, okay? Yep. If, you can, if you can look at me and see Jesus, you can look at Douglas and see the father, okay? And we can look at Lenny and see a sinner, all right? It's not that difficult, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus puts his arm around this man that he loved, this pearl of great price that he paid everything for. And he presents him before the Father and he says, Dad, he's with me. He's with me. I've paid his debt. And then you get through the judge and you get straight to the Father's heart. And you embrace. Go and embrace. Come on.
Wow. Jesus is the wisdom of God. How could we ever be put right with God the Father? Because we have to get through God the judge. Perfect love must bring judgment. Thanks be to God. He did it in Jesus. So get him. If it costs you everything you've got, get Jesus. You need him. You need him because you'll never stand before the Father without him. You can't stand in your own righteousness. You haven't got any. By human standards, you may be great, but by God's standards, we're all dead men. (laughs) You need him if you haven't yet given yourself to him. Do it today because you need him. And you may be sitting in a chair now thinking, I'll do it tomorrow. Good luck. Will you have a tomorrow? I don't know. Do you know? Do it now. Do it now. So there's two kinds of righteousness. There's a right standing before a holy God for which we need Jesus. And then we're embraced by God, the loving Father, who just wants to pour out his love to us and now can pour out his love to us without burning us to a crisp. It's what he wants. It's all he's ever wanted. And there's the other kind of righteousness, which is right wiseness. And I've said this before, but we're in Proverbs 4, and I did Proverbs 4 before, so we're back here. It's good. Righteousness, it's an old English word. Do you imagine that some years ago everybody spoke with a West Country accent? (laughs) Then when they're talking about what we now, in our wonderful received pronunciation called righteousness, they said right wiseness, right wiseness, right wisdom. The wisdom to know how I live today. The wisdom to know how to save my marriage. The wisdom to know how to bring up my kids. The wisdom to know how to look after myself. The wisdom to know how to invest my money. Everything's competing. There's pressure and there's difficulty. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. Okay, it doesn't matter. Take heart because he's with me. You're with me. And I've overcome all of this. So we need the wisdom of God. So you've got righteousness, which is right standing before God, which only comes as Christ puts his arm around you and you let him do that. And then there's right wiseness. How am I going to live in this difficult world? I need your guidance, Lord. Well, the Bible says he guides me in paths of right wiseness for his name's sake. And how do we get right wiseness? We ask. But listen to how we ask. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But we ask in the way that Jesus told us to ask. You ask and you keep on asking. You knock and you keep on knocking. You press in. You lay hold. You take hold. You don't give up. You get like Jacob. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I know I keep going back to that one, but I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't settle for less. God has riches for us. He has a feast for us. It's abundant. 
but we settle for the curly sandwich and a handful of nuts. Please stop being polite with God. He doesn't want your politeness, he wants your passion. Philippians 3, as love, Paul. Come on, listen to this. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I need to go through stuff to be like him. I'm not afraid of it. It's Paul, I'm paraphrasing. When you read that, the little bit about sufferings, you want to put it in brackets, yeah? Jacob became Israel because he wrestled with God. There are things in your life you need to wrestle with God over. He's waiting for you to get up and go, hang on a minute. This is not about rebellion. This is engagement. There are things in your life you think this has gone on for too long. God's saying, I agree. When are you going to get feisty with it? Come on, let's talk. Let's argue if we need to argue. But I want from you a heart that says, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me. I'm not having it. I don't understand it. If there's things I need to learn, tell me. That's not an insubmissive heart. Do you hear me? It might sound like it. It isn't. It's a heart that says, I want you and I'm stuck at the moment. Come on. And God is saying all the time, come on. He's passionate. Listen to Paul's heart. I want I want to know the power of his resurrection because I know God should be healing people now. So I need to participate in his sufferings. Fine, I want to wrestle with him. I want to become like him in his death. And so somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead, hard verses. Not that I've already obtained all this, says the apostle who wrote half of the Old New Testament, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of this, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. There's nothing passive in Paul. And there should be nothing passive in us. There's nothing passive in God. He is not polite and he is not English. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, we've been talking from Proverbs, okay? The wisdom of God is Christ who has laid hold of you with all that he has. There's nothing more to give you, Blake. Poured out his blood on you. He's poured out his sweat on you. There's nothing more to give you. And he just says, come on, lay hold of me. Come on. Come on. He's the wisdom of God. Right wiseness. It's how we live. There's two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom of God, but the God that we need to help us how to live. Right Why is this right? Standing with God, which Christ gives us. And if you're not sure that that's happened to you today, if you're not sure that you're standing with him, if you haven't said, I'm yours, please do it. Because you're never going to stand before a holy God of burning love and go, I'm okay. 
<laughs> you think? <laughs> you can't. You won't do it. You need him. If he could have found another way just by giving you a bit of teaching, if he could have just been a guru, he'd have done it. You need him and his sacrifice for you. If you haven't done it, do it. But we all need the wisdom of God. And we need to get feisty about it. And we need to lay hold of it. And we need to look at the blockages in our lives and the stuff that's been stuck and say, enough. I need to know what to do. And you're the one that's going to tell me. Why aren't you telling me? Because you haven't asked and kept on asking and sought and kept on demanding and hammering at the door, which is what he wants a whole heart. You will find me when you search for me with your whole heart, all that you are. When it matters to you, you'll find me. I'm here to be found. So the benefits, listen, this is just from the bit we read. A disciplined life, to become just and fair. I want that. To get guidance, to know the Lord, to be his confidant, the one with whom he shares his thoughts. Yes, please, God, that would be great. To live without fear or harm, to be able to go your way in safety, to gain knowledge and understanding, to have victory in every area of your life, to enjoy God's protection, to walk in paths that are not hard and closed in and troublesome, but are pleasant, to be saved from the wicked and the wayward, to keep to the paths of the righteous, to live in the land. This is all Proverbs 1 to 4. This is just the bits we read. To have a healthy body, to have strong bones, to have a long life, to have riches and prosperity, to win favor and a good name, to be filled to overflowing with good things, to be blessed, to sleep without fear to have sweet dreams, to have confidence in the Lord that your home will be blessed and that you will inherit honor. These are all for you. Get them. (laughs) And it's just the verses we read from the first four chapters. How do you get it? Cry out loud, hunger and thirst. God cried out loud and hungered and thirst for you. Do it for him. Do it for him. And listen briefly, how do you lose it? Proverbs 4, 23 shows you how to lose it. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. How can you lose it? By giving him, if your heart is a well, and God's river flows through your heart to others, that well can become blocked. And it gets blocked when we fill it in with stuff that the enemy hands us and says, hey, this is for you, discouragement. Look, at they just don't appreciate you. They don't realize how much time you spent preparing to leave this morning. These guys, what? So the, <laughs> so the enemy hands you dis. And you go, yeah, that's right, that's right. Discouragement, dismay, disgust, distraction. My goodness, we lead distracted lives. Keep your heart from being dissed. Keep your heart from frustration, impatience, exasperation, and 
the number one reason why people leave churches, it's not theology, it's offense. What's another word for offense? Self-righteous unforgiveness. Actually, there's a few words. Let's go. Unforgiveness will do. But it is self-righteousness. Guard your heart if you want to finish this race. You know, a lot of us have been around the block many times. Sorry, no, Janet. Sorry, Janet. It's just, my, my head just went in that. A lot of us have been around the block once or twice. We've, oh, come on. We know loads of people who've crashed and burned over these things. We might even have been there. We might even have said, ah, I've had enough. And we take ourselves out for 10 years or 20 years. My goodness, what a waste. What a waste. I just want to say to you today, if you're in that position today where the well of your heart is blocked by a fence, get rid of it now, today. Today, forgive. Today, lay down your self-righteousness because you're never going to stand before a holy God with that anyway. It's filthy rags. You might have a case for being offended. Lay it down. Lay down your right. It's just self-righteousness. Clear out the well. You want more of God? You want more of him in your life? Unblock the well. That's for you to do. Who guards your heart? Not the Lord. You do. You do. Above all else, he says. Come on. Above all else. If we're looking at one of the most important scriptures in the Bible, this is one of them. John 3.16 is probably the number one. We may have different ones. But for me, if it says above all else, it means above all else. I'm going to finish my race and no one is going to cut in on me. My biggest enemy is not the enemy. It's me. It's, a, it's, the, it's the potential for offendedness. We saw that little video at the beginning. The bad guys had the well. Don't let the bad guys have your well. Okay? Don't let the bad guys have your well. Because what the bad guys do when they come and take the well is if they're going to lose the territory, they fill it in with dead stuff and rubbish. And then it's useless. But I want to say to you briefly, gosh, I'm running on. I want to say to you briefly, the wells that God has dug in your life are yours forever. They are never lost. What God has revealed to you that's become a source of life to you is never, ever, ever, ever lost. But you need to keep it open. Go back and read the story of Isaac who opened up the wells. All the wells were there. God has new wells for you, but he has the old ones too. So if there are old wells like first love, whatever, you know what they are. I don't know what they are for you. They are yours. Just get the rubbish out of them. Get the rubbish out. And they don't change their name either. God's calling and gift to your life is without repentance. It's yours forever and ever. Amen. And he gives you fresh wells.
How do you get a well? The same way you get a land flowing with milk and honey. You dig it. You dig it. You don't go, oh, a well. <laughs> That's called a stream. <gasps> Streams are great, but it's not a well. You want a well? You dig. And this is, this is the heart of God. You read it in these Proverbs. Go and get it. So two of the most important verses in Scripture are in Proverbs 4. Wisdom is supreme, though it costs all you have. Get wisdom. And above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Can we stand, please? ask yourself, have you found that pearl of great price yet? Have you found the treasure in the field yet? You can now. Have you found Jesus, the one who loves you, the one who will present you with his arm around you gladly, saying, I'm not ashamed to call you brother or sister, the one who will present you before the Father and say, Judge, I honor you, but you are satisfied because I've paid the price for him. Have you done that? If you haven't, do it now. Do you have a well that needs unblocking? The well has got a name. They're all given names. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, to help us and teach us how to, above all else, guard our hearts, which are our wellspring of life. Show each of us, Lord, if, there are, if there's rubble and dead sheep and junk and silt and rubbish that I've received, taken hold of, blocked my well, because right now I'm saying I'm redigging this well. I'm redigging it. I'm clearing it out. I'm clearing it out right now. And Father, we give you permission too, Lord. To stir up our hearts with a spirit of revelation so that we can truly see who you are, wisdom of God. So that we can truly see the life you've got for each of us. And Father, we say to you, Lord, what we can't ask you to do for us, but we do for you, which is we say, we are having it. We are laying hold of it. We are laying hold of you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, please sit down. It won't take a moment. Oh, well done. Okay, just for the audio here, this is Tom's fault that we're running over. None to do with me. Thank you very much. So you get out of the car, and the truck is there, and all the guys are there, and you think, God, give me wisdom. What am I going to do? And one of them comes over, 
And they're all like something from a, is it Spike Lee or Spike Jones movie? They all have these, Spike Lee, I think, they all have these names, you know, Boys in the Hood stuff. It's like, it's like they've, they've read a wall of graffiti and said, I'm hoping that. And that's the name. <laughs> so one of these guys comes over to me and says, Passport. And I think, I don't think you'd recognize a passport if you saw one. I didn't say that. No, yeah. <laughs> but the greater wisdom was before I went, I photocopied my passport, just in case. So you give them the piece of paper, photocopy of a passport, and then you know you've got maybe two seconds for this whole situation to go one way or the other. What do you do next? He's looking at the bit of paper. He doesn't realize it's not a passport. Thank you, Lord. What do you do next? I'm a journalist, so I said to him, good to see you. I'm really glad we came across you again because I'd love to have talked when we had time when we met you earlier. Can you take me to your leader, please? I've seen those sci-fi movies. <laughs> can, you take me, <laughs> can you take me to your leader? Because I'd love to do an interview with him. And this guy, yeah, all right. <laughs> so off I go to see Lieutenant Bloodfire. That's his name. That is his name, he says. Shake him by the hand, say, really good to see you, brilliant opportunity, can I talk to you, and we do an interview. And I say, by the way, where are all your guns? Because the gun's not there anymore, and these guys, we have no guns, he says. Fine, you have no guns. So while I'm interviewing Lieutenant Bloodfire, our photographer is getting all of these guys who come from something called Ulimo J, I think it was, it's this group, to, form, to do a kind of group photo. And they pose like a football team. There's guys on the front, bandanas, muscles, every. There's guys on the front doing this. And there's guys on the back doing this. And there's one guy on the back with his silver revolver pointing at the head of the one in front. What a telltale photograph that was. And I'm here to tell the tale. So next time you're in Liberia, God will give you wisdom and say hi to Lieutenant Bloodfire from me. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.